What's up, Hung Up family? I'm happy to have you here for another episode of the Hung Up Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black-ass queer perspective. I am your host. I am your producer, life coach, and tennis bay, Eric Cole. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcasting and social media platform simply by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P 
P.O.D. I've gotten a few DMs asking, how can I support? And I really appreciate that because you can support one of two ways. The money is always good. You know, the shit that's green with the dead presidents on it. Because I'm running this shit by myself. And I'm trying to expand the Hung Up podcast. So there is a link on the Instagram page on all the social media platforms. The bio link will take you to where you can subscribe to the show. And you can also access the merch store. The merch store has all of the Relax Your Shoulders and Support Me Bitch merch t-shirts, all that good stuff, tank tops, ready for the summer. You can support that way. Or non-monetarily, you can support by dropping a rating on Apple Podcasts. By you rating this show, it pushes it out to some folks that may have not heard of Hunga Podcasts yet. You can also call into the show, write into the show with your thoughts, your feelings, your feedback, your suggestions, If you want advice on something, you can write into the show at hunguppod at gmail.com or you can call 484-578-9992 and drop a message and I'll include it into the show. Before we get into this week's episode, I got some shout outs. I'm hung up on the Ugly Ducklings podcast. I really enjoy catching up with Rashida and Bryce over there at the Ugly Ducklings podcast. It was a really cool conversation about code switching. And it'll be out next Wednesday. So be sure to check it out. Go over there to the Ugly Ducklings podcast. Subscribe and support them. I love them. It's a dope ass podcast. Rashida and Bryce have amazing energy and they definitely deserve your support. So I'm hung up. I'm also hung up on Marquise Richards, a.k.a. Marquise Davon. Over there at Due Diligence, I had a good time. Um, he had his last installment. Well, well, let me tell you what he does. He, he, he brings these artists and local artists. I would say like tri-state area, mostly Philly. And they get to perform and share their art, share their music, but they don't just perform. He interviews the artists in between sets and in between performances. So it's hella intimate. You really get a feel for the artist. You get a feel for the music. And Marquise is really just, he's been on the show. He's been on the show two or three times. Matter of fact, the last episode is with um, Marquise and, and Sterling. Two of my closest friends here in Philly. I love those guys. So I'm hung up. Keith, I can't wait for Due Diligence to come back in August. I know you're going to have some really dope artists. If you're here in the Philly if, or if you're here in the tri-state area, feel free to, you know, come on in. Drop in. Support. At Marquise Davon is his handle on Instagram. And you can follow him for more updates. They'll be back here in August. So shout out to Marquise and Due Diligence. I'm hung up on Rochelle Jordan. She was in New York this past weekend in Brooklyn. I had a really good time with my homie Dre. 
from the ATL. Thank you for coming up. It was just so good to see you. And we got to see one of our favorite artists. And the show was really cool. The name of the, the venue was in Brooklyn. Baby's all right. My first time being there. And it, she brought out a really diverse crowd. And you know when you can, you, you, you know, you go see an artist and you can tell that they love what they do. They enjoy what they do. And they feed off the energy from the crowd. What that was Rochelle. Rochelle is a really dope artist. Be sure to check her out. Rochelle Jordan. I'm hung up. Our, our girl Rochelle play with the changes that's the name of the the tour that she's on she's still on tour she's had she has a few more locations um she'll be out in Oakland Cali on June 10th she'll be in LA on July 8th Denver Colorado on August 6th and it looks like her last stop is September 16th in Las Vegas so if you're out or planning to be out in any of those areas, check our girl out. Tickets are very reasonable. Very reasonable. I'm hung up. I'm excited to bring on this next guest. Mr. Patrick Harris, who recently authored The First Five, A Love Letter to Teachers. And he's here on the show to promote the book, talk about the book. And I've, I got my copy and I've already started reading, bookmarking, taking notes. Um, and you'll hear why in the interview, but the book is really, as he describes, um, he immerses you in his world of teaching, particularly the first five years of his, of his teaching experience. Uh, that's where you get the title, the first five. But through those first five years, he authors this book with personal stories that led to lessons and questioning. And he shares that in in the book to help teachers and alike to reflect on our own journey. He has pictures. He has exercises in the book. And I'm just glad to have him here because outside of the book, Patrick is just an amazing guy. This is educator and author. Mr. Patrick Harris II, and I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) 
But I feel like I actually have a picture. You, I feel like you had a taper, like you had like a little, t- uh, 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 a little fade. I, I have the picture when we remember we were in the park. You're on mute. <laughs> I do remember that very clearly. That was such a mood for me. Yeah, you were like, I feel like I'm in a movie. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Because it, 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 it honestly, it was more than a moment. It was a feeling. And it is something that I revisit in meditation often. Like, it's like, I, if I want to feel calm, then I want to feel the way that I felt in Philadelphia at that park. You know, like that almost had me packing my bags to move. Like, come on, Philly will em- would embrace you, black man, black brother, strong brother, proud brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. But no, Patrick, it is so good to see you. Welcome back to the Hunger Podcast. Yes. This time you're on the show. In audio form, last time we did a, a IG live together, that was a hoot. Okay, it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, welcome back to the Hunger Podcast. Patrick Harris, educator, author, all around amazing guy and a great brother yeah. and an advocate for the people. I introduced you and welcomed you to the show, but please... Introduce yourself and also let the Hung Up family know where they can find you on social media. Uh, well, thank you for having me back here. I really am excited. Um, I'm a Renaissance man. That's what I think I am. You know, when I really just like think about who I am, like I'm, I'm, I'm all things. What's up, everybody? My name is Patrick. I am a Detroiter, a writer. Um, a published author. I am a teacher, horror enthusiast. You know, I'm all the things. It's so hard when people ask me who I am and how to introduce myself because I really see myself as like a a Renaissance man, you know, like someone who does many things in the arts and in the human experience. Um, I, I am all the things. I am also... Uh, new title, Dean of Students. That's exciting, you know? That is exciting. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm also, they, they call me Dean now. So that's cool. Uh, dean of the Middle School, where I teach at. Um, and I am the author of The First Five, A Love Letter to Teachers, which is out now wherever you buy books, literally wherever. Um, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Amazon, uh, you can get it from my publisher on Heinemann. Um, I do not sell them out of my trunk. I want my grandma to know that. She keeps trying to tell people, he got books, he got books. I don't have the books. You got to get them online and in the stores. <laughs> you think not, about how we did back in the day. I'm not you know. selling them. CDs out the trunk, movies out the trunk. Oh, so sorry. She's trying to put you on so you can, you know, make a couple dollars. You don't got no books on you? No, that's not how this works. Um... Uh, and, uh, you can find me on social media at president Pat on all things, uh, but mainly Twitter and Instagram. Yes. You, you be 
doing all the things on Twitter, running your damn mouth. I do. Causing a ruckus. Yes, always. Shaking shit up, which, by the way, I thought was really cool to see um, clips. And you use that um, in your your book. Yes. You know, every book I've read, uh, particularly from the education field, normally starts off with quotes from profound people. And I, and I, and I like that format, but because the book is my story um, and because the book is a reflection of a period of time in my life, I wanted to take people like through that journey, you know? Um, like one of my students, when he read it, he was like, are these real tweets or something like you made up? I said, these are real tweets. Like when I was going back and trying to figure out what I was going through, what I was thinking, how I was feeling during those times. I literally searched my Twitter because I have been tweeting this entire um, experience um, in education, like day in and day out, good, bad, and ugly. And so I wanted to use those tweets as a way to immerse people in my world. through this book the book is very like mixed media so you're going to get all the things so yes oh yes i honestly when i first opened when i got your book in the mail and i opened the package immediately i was just like i love this because one the shape of the book yes she's square and cute okay she's very she's very square but not square oh right let's be okay. clear let's let's, let's, square let's and clear about the things okay She's square. She's in color. He's in color, full color. She has pictures. Full page spreads. It's it's almost, I see pictures of you um, because you do a lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. And so younger pictures of you, but also I see charts and graphs. I see data. I see pictures of other people from around the world. Yes. Um, I see Q&As and... You know, going back to the to the tweets, when I saw that, it, it was just a reminder. I'm like, wow, tweets are really, they make yeah. history. And they're yes. going to be, if they're not already, are they in the history books? If they're not already, they're going to be. Right, right, right. I mean, they're certainly in my history book um, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, the reason why I built the following that I had was because I have been so honest about my experiences on Twitter um, and building community through that. Um, it's been nice to know that I'm not alone in the craziness of what it means to be a teacher in these times. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that bird oh. Wow, that that's a powerful statement, and I guess shout out to Twitter. <laughs> um, right, I, I I agree. You know, Twitter, even though I'm more active on the gram, right, I would say Twitter is definitely a place where, to me, it's just more about honesty, mm-hmm. and you can right. just talk and you can just speak your mind and, and what you're feeling. And I don't really have a a lot of followers, a little over 2000, but really my tweets don't get much attention at all. Some of them do, but that's not the point. You know, Twitter is just a place where you can just think Mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes just putting that out there is so it's, it's relieving. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, especially when people interact and you and you find out that, you know, people can relate. But that's really cool. We'll we'll get more into your book. Um, but I definitely did want to say I love that about your book. Thank you. Um, so when guests come on, I always start off with after I welcome you to the show is to do a check in. And my question is. Are you hung up on your week? Meaning it's going good, it's going great. Um, or are you hanging up on your week? How are you? I just wanted to check in with you first before we get into the icebreaker. What's going on with Patrick? Oh my gosh. Not Mr. Harris, but Patrick. Right. Yeah. You you know, I am hanging up. <laughs> I picked it up the other day, but it's been hung up. Disconnected. Did you slam it down. You slammed it down a few times. Slammed it down and disconnected it from the wall. That's how crazy it's yeah. been, honestly, the last two weeks. Um I have really been struggling with carrying, which I talk about in the book, the weight of what it means to support. Black students, when whiteness acts a damn fool, um, and particularly carrying the weight in school when folks decide that they don't want to participate. And yeah, like being people's first stop for like, you know, needing support with dealing with racial microaggressions and macroaggressions at school. Like it takes a lot on the soul on top of just like grad school has started again and she has come so quick and I have already like missed, I'm late on some assignments. So I just have a lot going on. I still, you know, the, the book also came out two weeks ago and that was a whole lot to do. And I really feel like I haven't like taken a breath yet. And I think like, that's the, that's the struggle for me. Um, which is why I enjoy conversations like this because it allows me to just like breathe a little bit. Um, but this week, I mean, everything has kind of just been like super crazy. And it's some things I'm like legally not uh, allowed to say. So we could talk offline, but my school has literally been uh, uh, in a bit of a transition. Let's say that. Okay. Okay. And it, and it is a lot. It's so much happening right now. I saw a tweet earlier this week that said our bodies were not equipped to handle and process this much trauma, this much madness, this much suffering. Yeah, I agree. You know, it comes back to this like quote that I heard or someone said, like, we ask people to be too resilient. You know, like we like we praise perseverance way too much in, in our society. We want people, you know, we keep saying, oh, you got to make it through, make it through. Like you got to keep trying, keep trying. But sometimes you got to hold folks accountable for putting the obstacle in the in the way in the first place. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the spotlight is too bright on those who are overcoming obstacles that shouldn't even be there in the first place, you know? And I think like that is the biggest frustration. Um, you know, it just reminds me of like this trope, right? Of, like people having to be strong, right? It's like, you know, check on your strong friend. You, you know, it's just like, 
dog, I should not even have to be thinking about this right now, you know? So it's just crazy. It's a, it's a lot going on. It's a lot happening. Yeah. But the end of the school year is near. The, the book is out. So those are two things that are like, you know, off my plate. And the grad school will be over July 8th. So I can, you know, I'll see, let us see, you know, without having to worry about doing a, a, a discussion post. And um, yeah, I can do so many things. So oh, yes, let us see in the summertime. In the summertime. Nina Simone in the summertime with yeah. Let Us See, which is going oh, to yes. that's, so, that's be amazing. I can't wait. In Philly. So. In Philadelphia, under the Philly sun. Yes, yes. You know, but I'm, I'm wondering if we've been tricked and bamboozled into this um, trope, like you were saying. The keep going, keep going, keep, no matter what, keep going. It's just because it sounds, when you really step back and look at it, it's like, bitch, that's slavery. I know. That That's literally the slave master telling you, no matter what I put you through, Mm-hmm. keep going because that's what makes you an outstanding human being. When the reality is we were not sent here to work. That is not what, that's not what our purpose is at all. Welcome. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that we are here. <laughs> I can't stop laughing and probably keep from crying. Hello, everybody. I've, I've seen so many familiar faces. We got my best friend is here. My students are in the building. I, I see some colleagues in the building as well. I am so just thankful for everyone to be here. That was just a little snippet of the first five virtual book launch that you can find on Patrick's YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search the first five Patrick Harris and it'll come up for you. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back with educator and author Patrick Harris, and it's time to start our icebreaker. Mm, All right. All right, so I got a few questions ready for you, and let's go. Have you ever been ghosted or ghosted someone mid-date? Mid-date, like out? Mid-date, like you're on the date. On the date. On the date, and someone either ghosted you (laughs) or you had to ghost somebody else. Like get up and leave in the middle of the date? Get up and leave in the middle of the date. Get up and leave the table. Get up and leave the bedroom. I mean, you know... You know what? I remember um that I only recall one time where I, that has happened and I feel like that was a hookup situation where like you didn't look like your pictures, babes. So it was like you you got catfished. Yeah, and like I was just like, yeah, you got to go back home, you know, <laughs> like, and go figure out who you are. Because I, I, you know, um, Maya Angelou said, uh, when someone shows you who you are, believe them. 
And I and I should have and I uh, and you gave me a reason not to uh, believe. Not to believe you because you showed me a fake picture. So how soon? Okay, so y- your date gets there. Yeah, I- I'm sure immediately you're like, oh hell nah, this is not who this nigga said he was going to be. I-, I wish it happened that soon, but it honestly it it didn't because I was like maybe. I'm tripping. You know, like, I don't know why we do this as human beings, but I think like we like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And that maybe that's just me because I honestly believe there's good in everyone. I don't know. That's just how I, that's like my philosophy. But I struggle a a lot with like, just like, you know, cutting people off. So like, I remember he came to the door and I was like, oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, because you know, some people get posts, give send you pictures in the summer, but now it's winter. You, you know what I mean? So like you're a little <laughs> different. <laughs> you're a little different. So I, so like he came in the house and I looked at the pictures again and I said, This is not you. So he was in my house maybe for like five minutes, which is a very dangerous situation, right? I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. If you are being or in the midst of being catfish, right? Like, don't let a nigga in your house like I did. But I let him in my house. Let's just say, yeah, I feel like in general, if you're hooking up, just practice safe measures and procedures. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I'll say that's the the not the same thing happened to me, but I remember when I was gonna go hook up with this guy when I was younger. And uh he was a DL guy, and I'm not even into the DL girls, but I was at the time. <laughs> and uh I'll never forget he had me to meet him at his hotel room, and um I was walking in the lobby. And he's texting me. He said, okay, you know, like, come come in the lobby. I'll be in the lobby and we'll go upstairs. So I said, okay. And um, I'm in the lobby and I'm walking and I'm looking. It's a humongous lobby, a huge hotel in Southfield, Michigan. And I'm looking. I'm like, I don't see him. And then I, I get a text from him. And he, he said, never mind. <laughs> You're not as tall as I thought you were. And I was like, wow, like. That now that's by. happened to me before too. That is so traumatizing. But this is what niggas do, and I'm glad that we're bringing light to it here on this platform and this podcast, <laughs> so <that> people, <laughs> so people can know. Like niggas will lure you out somewhere, check you out from a distance, and then make their decision whether or not they're going to interact with you and. To me, that's kind of ghosting because you never, you never really get to see them, and now right. you just, I, you, I was looking, you're just blocked. I was like, where? Like, I'm looking. I'm like, where is this man? I don't know. That is looking crazy as hell. That was, and it is traumatizing because and, and traumatizing. It definitely. I don't know for you, but for me, I'll say it definitely. Like after that, I didn't even want to be on the apps. I didn't want to. I didn't right. trust. Right. Going through that whole process to finally get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm going to mess around with this person. I know that's not for everybody. Some people are just, let's go. (laughs) 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 
They are. <laughs> you know, gotta gotta speak for all the girls. <laughs> gotta represent, I mean, for all the girls. So, all so right. Looks after this one. Go ahead. <laughs> you ready for your next question? Yes, sir. When it comes to trash TV, yeah. We because we, we know you're into the books, the, the you're traveling the world, speaking engagements, degrees, and all kind of accolade. Mm. Patrick Harris is that nigga. Okay. Oh. Yes. But when it comes to when you just want to let your hair down, if it comes to trash TV, what would you, what do you entertain or what would you entertain if you're not already like watching something? So I have a pretty strict like four things that I watch um, right now because I don't have any time to do anything else. So I don't know if I would call them trash. I would call Bad Boys of uh, LA trash for sure. Yeah. I'm so upset that I subscribe to the Zeus Network. I need to really do something. Don't be. What, what? I need no, to do we are Team Zeus. Hold on. Like, you're not, no. I want you to know you are not alone. And we can talk about this, okay? Talk about this. <laughs> go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Like, Zeus doesn't even have storylines. It's just like Jerry Springer. But even, but I was I even I actually prefer Jerry Springer. There is no storylines at Zeus, and that really bothers me because I'm just like, they're just fighting for no reason. Well, and I feel like with Bad Bad Boys LA. That's better. That's a step up. It's, and, 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 and because, because you pointed out the storyline point, to me, their whole thing has been trying to get this record. They're supposed to be in the studio trying to get this song so they can get this money. But the fighting was distracting away from a lot of that. Um, as a matter of fact, I got a follow-up um, icebreaker question for you since I know you watch Bad Boys. Okay, so you're Bad saying Boy. trash TV trash TV for you would be Bad Boys LA, okay? Yeah, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. I also am a daytime TV girl, so I love watching The Real, Rest in Peace. They're about to be gone. Um, I love watching the... Oh, yeah, with the with the... Uh, with the girls, yeah, Adrian, Lonnie, Garcelle, and Garcelle Bouvet. So wait, the the Kansas. show just wasn't renewed, it was, or is yeah, it after eight seasons they're uh, to okay. go out there? So okay. okay, they had a great run. Um, yeah, love them. I have some YouTubers that I enjoy. I've been watching people build container homes, and I am watching the Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel Air. Um, with. Well, on uh hbo max oh okay um i'm ashamed to say i've never seen the show so this is my first time watching it before i can watch the the updated version um with the with the new girls okay so that's interesting so you you mentioned bad boys la follow-up question if you if you were a bad boy Oh my god. On Bad Boy LA, what would be like your tagline? Like, what would you come in there? Like, what would be your thing? You know what I'm saying? I would not make it. I'm gonna be honest. I don't I don't like fighting. That is not all the girls fight. Yes, some of them are very clear, like, look, I'm not. I'm so here's my thing about gutta. I'm not saying that gutta can't fight. But I'm saying that sometimes you present yourself so crazy that people don't even want to try you because they because they think you're unpredictable. I'm not fighting nobody that got a tattoo on their neck that say "gutter bitch." I'm just saying, <laughs> if I was on Bad Boys LA, I probably would most certainly be in a fight for sure because mm. 
not because I started, because I feel like people would just like egg me on. Like, and I feel like I, in those kind of situations where with people have huge personalities, I'm usually very quiet. Um, and I build relationships one-on-one and I, you know, and I think, uh, you know, people would just like try to antagonize me. Um, but I don't like the way I was taught. I, I can't say that. This is about my book. Um, I just know that I would try my best to mm. stay out of the drama. And, but, you know, I'm from Detroit. So, you know, that's the whole thing too. It can't, right. You, you're you not going to start it, but you'll finish it. As our girl Whitney Houston once said. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a done deal. I just uh, DM Natalie Nunn, your profile. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think bad boy, the bad boys are I, ready for you. Do you see okay? the shirt that I have on? You already said you'll fight. You'll you'll if you have to defend yourself, you'll do it. Do you see the shirt that I have on? I yeah. am. Is this not giving preppy good boy vibes? I am y'all, kind of the opposite. Y'all be the ones. Listen, y'all be the ones. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. anger and rage from all them years come up and you just ah, let them have it like girl it's a lot of it <laughs> but there is something to be said about bringing a whole bunch of people together on a cast and put it on a cast and then putting a camera putting them in front of a camera where all these people have traumas yes. all these people have unresolved traumas and issues and have all this pent up anger and then a network you know, proceeds to capitalize off of that. So I, I I definitely understand where some people, you know, come from, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not deaf to that, but I do, you know, I, I watch the Jocelyn Cabaret. I watch because listen, these ladies are doing what they want to do. And I feel like men been doing it forever and getting accolade for it. Why women can't do this. Yes. It's, it's messy and it's toxic. But some people's lives are messy and toxic. Not That's everybody true. has it the fuck together. So this is this is what you know is, is the reality. Sometimes it is the reality, if 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 that's right. even possible with reality TV. But um, all right. So let me see. Maybe I got one more for you, and then go. we're gonna move on. Um. All right, last icebreaker question. Give us a non-traditional guilty pleasure. Non-traditional guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It could be a, something that you like to eat, some place you like to go. It could be something that gives you visual stimulation, physical stimulation. That's such a good question. I don't know if I have so many guilty pleasures, but I don't know if they're non-traditional. Um. <laughs> well then, I, just give us a guilty pleasure then. Sorry, I, I keep forgetting. I'm here to promote a book about teachers, so I'm trying to keep my shit together. Um, <laughs> so I think um, one, I I I I realized the other day how much going to the movies means a lot to me, and like what that does. And so, like, I really enjoy like going to the movies, specifically in the daytime. I like a good matinee show. So like when you come out, it's still light outside. Something does, it does something to my brain that's just like, yeah, bitch, ain't the day's not over yet. Like, I like that. You're right. You're right. I like that. It it feels good. It's something like, I don't know if our brain releases whatever those happy, 
things are. Yeah. And you probably know that, like, I fall asleep at movies at nighttime. I don't know why, but I'd be sleep. Mm-hmm. I'd be sleep. Yep. Yep. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> Even if you're excited to see the movie, you can be, like, knocked. Right. Um. So I totally get it, but very, very cool. Thank you so much. That was the icebreaker. Just a, you know, opportunity for us to break the ice. Oh with yeah, it's Mr. Good. Patrick Harris. And now we're gonna go ahead and take a little break, and we're going to get our interview started. The first five: A Love Letter to Teachers by Patrick Harris. The second. Number lineage. Okay. Yes. Put it on the put it in paper. Put it in writing. Put it on the paper. Mm-hmm. I want to read it. I wanted to read um the back of your book. It says, We all have stories. We all have experiences to share. A memoir with a call to action. The first five affirms the humanity of all teachers. Patrick inspires you to dream big about what you want for yourself, our students, our schools, and our educational system. I mentioned earlier that I love the shape of the book. I love that it's in color. I already said that. I love um, how you incorporated a lot of, um, it, it just looks fun to read. You got your tweets, you got pictures. I love the photo that you chose it's kind of like a, um, it looks like, almost like Crayola, a picture of you. Real simple, but I love how it's drawn in a way that you we know that it's you. Right. Um, but it could be anyone. But it could be anyone, but it makes the book's aesthetic so appropriate for your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it so appropriate to be sitting um, on, you know, in a shelf in a library or in a classroom. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to start off by just saying, uh, visually, mm-hmm. your book is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I wanted it to be an experience, and we are a visual culture, and I think we are doing any reader dis, um, an injustice by not including some sort of visual element. I think it helps a lot of people learn. I'm, I'm a visual learner. Yep. I'm, I'm like, I'm competing with Instagram and all those kinds of things. Like so many people have told me that, that they've been able to read it in a sitting. And I think that that has, that speaks to the, to the high engagement of the book. So that's yeah. exciting. Once you stop, you can't put it down. Period. So you open the book and the first thing you see is the, is this beautiful dedication that I really paid attention to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I usually have to be honest. One of you know, I don't always pay too much attention to dedications when yeah, I open like, a book or you know, like I'll read it. My fancy, you know, like just keep going, you know. But this yeah. it was just really it it really spoke to you as you read it. And it's like it's twofold. Right. Um, I feel like there's the one one part that talks about your younger self. Um, and then kind of in the middle, and then you kind of like also dedicated to your audience. So it says to my younger self, way ahead of his time, which I thought that was like beautiful. 
because I just re- I remember that like being young, riding my bike through the neighborhood and just dreaming of more, being grown, mm. being in college, having a car, mm. like just always obsessing over the future. Yeah. Um, always just being ahead of my time. Yeah. And then you say two in the race to stop for lessons. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> like, who's auntie? <laughs> and then the second part says, and for all those who answer the call to teach. Yeah. So I just thought your dedication was beautiful and really sets the tone for what seems to be it's a reflection of your younger self who was ahead of your time. But you're going to bring all those lessons, though. You you may have been too much in the race at that time, but you've had some time to kind of digest and process those lessons. And you're going to give us some of those. And, and you're dedicating that to all the other people who have answered that call to teach because it's, it's, a, it's a special call. Mm-hmm. And you, n- not only in the book, but even just in your work in general, you are always advocating for teachers. You mm-hmm. are always putting out there how unique the position is and that teachers desperately need more for so many different reasons. So, again, I thought your dedication was really cool. Thank you. I um I really went back and forth with that because I had never seen someone dedicate a book to themselves. Um and I was like, is that cheesy? Is that narcissistic? Is that going to land, you know? Um, but I had to remember what the heart of the book was for me and uh, and 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 the heart of the journey. And that really was giving myself permission mm-hmm. to really reflect on and sit in the various emotions that I had experienced teaching in five schools in five years and um, and addressing the young Patrick who wanted to be a teacher since he was four years old. So I, I think... You know, in this case, I had to dedicate it to myself. For for me, also too, is it is such a reflection of my measure of success. You know what I mean? Like I told myself, um, I said, if no one buys this book, you know, if it never makes a list, um, I'm okay, and I still win. And the reason why is because. I it's not just a love letter to teachers, but it's a love letter to my younger self. And I feel like I am so healed um, after writing this because of, you know, just my ability to kind of step to the plate and address Mm -hmm. my younger self um, just like directly. And I think that's a really, that's a, I, I love that point because I was just talking about that on the show in terms of, even as adults, we can still tap into that little boy, that little girl. It's never too late to give back what you feel like they didn't get or what you still feel like they still deserve today. 
And so to me, that's exactly what you did. And so I fucks with that. I wanted to read your foreword, um, the first paragraph um, from your foreword. It says, love is an action word, an intention, a commitment, which I'm sorry, by the way, was written by Dr. Cesare Warren. Shout out to Dr. Warren. <laughs> yes. He's Love amazing. Him. He's Love also him. been on the show. So shout out to Dr. Warren. And the foreword <laughs> says, love is an action word, an intention, a commitment. To love is to honor both the good and the bad, the beautiful and the unsightly. Loving necessitates some suffering, but the object of deep affection is deserving and worthy of the best we have to offer, no matter how arduous the love journey. And it is a journey. Giving, pouring, and sacrificing of oneself. Mm. I feel like you should be um, reading. You're you're the author of the book. I uh. should have said, bitch, these are the parts I should have highlighted and sent it to you. And said, seriously, I'm sitting here reading it like, damn, you're the author. You should you should really be reading it. Um, but no, I just I, I I love that, and I wanted to ask you, how can readers use this book after they read it to put love in action? Because mm. I think teachers would especially be able to do that in many, 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 many ways. Yeah, and it, and it's my greatest hope that like it extends far beyond education. You know, I think you know the reflection was a big part for me. You know, and education. I was so used to um, preparing for the next thing. You know, always preparing for the next thing, the next day, the next book we're going to read the next semester the next school year you know that when things were happening I didn't really get the opportunity to like appreciate the moment you know and I'm kind of in a sense running on fumes doing the best that I possibly can But when I sit down and I reflect and I think back and I question and I make meaning of what I have experienced, it allows me to make better decisions for tomorrow. And so transforming love into an action has meant sitting with myself and having conversations about my experience and, you know, figuring out for myself what does love mean and what does it feel like? And trying to brainstorm, how can I like create experiences that bring about that moment or that feeling? Hmm. Let's move into the introduction. One of the pieces that I took away from that, um, you know, first of all, very personal. It was almost like I felt like reading a diary entry almost. Right. <laughs> yes. Very personal. So I, I, I thank you and I applaud you for your vulnerability and in this in this project in this in this book so i'm reading through your introduction and you talked a lot about what we experience out here in the world today is foreign to yeah. like our parents our grandparents generation yet your family and so many still find a way to love and support us i wanted to ask you 
what is an experience that you had that would be foreign to them, but you feel like as a young man, as a, as a Black man, as Patrick Harris, you had this experience, but you were able to take that experience, learn something from it, and, 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 and take that back to, to the family? So I think I like my entire life has been surrounded by the the title of first generation. You know what I mean? Like first in the family to go to college. That's an experience that my family hadn't had. And I was really trying to, you know, like bring about just like relate to them in that way and bring my experience and my lessons to them moving out of the state to DC and living there for four years, that was, you know, something that my family had experienced. That was foreign to them. You know, my family is Detroit bound, baby. That's just kind of what we do. Uh, So many of my family members haven't left the city uh, to live in another place. Living overseas. I mean, I don't think it's much more foreign than that. (laughs) (laughs) right you know what i mean um but then also Uh my my entire existence as a black queer person is also a very foreign experience to them um and them you know recognizing that queerness is not about hypersexuality but it's also about love and so being able to bring a partner home to them to be able to say yeah like queer, queer people love and this is what it looks like right has been a very um, powerful experience. And so I think that um, creating moments to bridge like my life to theirs has been uh, kind of what I've been doing my entire life. I've kind of always felt different. Like I've never really felt like I was like my cousins or like my siblings, even. You know, I always have kind of felt like an anomaly. And that you know, is a blessing and a curse in a sense where in some cases it's, it's like, yeah, like I'm doing something different, you know what I mean? And like, I'm in my own personal bag, but in another case, it's like, you know, I want a sense of belonging and I didn't necessarily always have that. So it's a, it was a bittersweet thing. You know, you, you wrote about, um, early in college, how you, you you witnessed some, like, racism, some horrible things in your dorm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, man. Uh, yes. So when I was in college, not even a month in, um, I went to Michigan State University. I was in my dorm room, um, which was a mess, child. So I was uh, in Acres Hall, which was four people to one room, which is a whole lot. Um, And not long after, I got like a little knock at my door from, I believe, our RA or intercultural aid. And we, you know, also heard from other folks on campus that someone wrote, no niggers, please, on a girl's door. Because you know how you have like those little whiteboards on folks' door? And uh, someone wrote that on her door and that just erupted into a uh, a series of protests and a level of unrest that I had never seen before or really had been so close to. So um, 
that was kind of like my first introduction to in your face racism uh being a freshman in college that's <laughs> that's wild and you you pointed out in your book that you you kind of, you weren't used to that because you grew up in like a black community right patrick a black ass community a black ass community so when you first saw this you were probably like what the hell this is the shit they talking about right this is what is this what be happening literally literally I was not prepared emotionally, honestly, to grapple with that. Like, I think my K-12 experience hadn't prepared me, right? Like, we talked a lot about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. And, you know, we read some Toni Morrison and uh, Zero Neil Hurston. But the thing is that, like, we talked about racism in black and white and not in color. And I think that that was uh, not very helpful um, because in a sense, it's it's like racism is still real today, not just in the 50s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so I was not equipped as a black man to um, grapple with race, um, well, racism in that time. Even though it was like not towards me, it still was like on my floor and and in my dorm. And so I still felt the microaggression and I didn't have really the support to, um, to deal with it. I just kind of internalized it all. Educator and author, Mr. Patrick Harris. Wow. Thank you for dialing into the hung up podcast. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing your baby. The first five, a love letter to teachers because as we learned in this interview, this is really you. Patrick, thank you for coming on to the show. Please remind the listeners where they can find you on social media and where they can purchase your book, The First Five, A Love Letter to Teachers. Oh, yes. You can purchase it wherever you buy books, honestly, on all online platforms, Amazon. You can go to Barnes & Noble. Um, If it's not at your local bookstore, call them and tell them to order it. Uh, And they definitely will. Uh, You can also uh, check me out at President Pat on all social media. You can also head to my website to contact me more um, at www.itspatrickharris.com. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick, for dialing into the Hunger Podcast. Listeners, you know I will drop his contact information in the episode notes. I'm hung up. You can subscribe to the Hung Up Podcast by searching at Hung Up Pod, that's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. Show your support by tapping that bio link and purchasing a Relax Your Shoulders t-shirt. And in closing, I am your host and producer, Eric Cole. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. Y'all have a safe weekend and i'll talk to you soon peace